What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Kafaro Cast podcast. I'm Frank Peralta here with the one and only Aaron Snyder. Hello. Today, <laughs> today we're going to talk about um, gear that we use, some options available, and stuff we uh, we like and don't like. And I'm probably going to turn off my phone so it stops ringing. Oh, you screwed that up. I screwed that up. Um, you have to bear with us a little bit, actually, on the total. We have a podcast actual room being built as well as a gear lab room. So we're going to actually have a studio for the podcast here in hopefully a month or less, as well as a gear lab studio where we're going to film different, um, basically different reviews, different gear hacks, things like that. And then obviously a round table podcast studio where we can just sit down and get her done right now. We're winging it in me and Frank's office, which is, which is already pain. cluttered with a bunch of shit. Yeah. It's a little bit of a pain. So bear with us. It'll get better as time goes on. We'll also be going from, uh, you know, doing just uh, audio to audio and video on the podcast. So, uh, so yeah, Frank, why don't you talk about your number one piece of, let's say top three pieces of gear, whether it be gun, bow, jacket, anything. Um, one thing I, I liked a lot this year is, uh, I used a lot of, well, I use a lot of your gear, <laughs> but, uh, that Leica, uh, 65 millimeter spotter. Yep. I was extremely, extremely impressed with that. Um, you have I've, in the past I've used the the vortex stuff, which is you know is is nice for the money, but um, you know when you step up to the to the nice optics like Swarovski and Leica and Zeiss, um, in my opinion at least it's it's uh it's kind of a, a bit of a game changer. You know it gives you um, better low light visibility and, and uh, clarity and stuff like that. But um, I had the option which you gave me the option of I could have borrowed your Swarovski ninety five the Zeiss 80 millimeter and the 65 millimeter Leica and uh, ended up taking that 65 millimeter Leica and that thing was, was just phenomenal. I, it's lightweight. Um, you know, I think the between, between those three, the Swarovski is probably the best because, you know, it's, it's the 95, it's, it's the beast. But um, when we, when we sat those side, the Leica and the um, Zeiss 80 millimeter side by side, it, you know, it was, I had to give it to the Leica, man. I really, really like that thing. It's lightweight. Um, the clarity on it was was amazing. Uh, I I was turning up deer left and right um, this archery season. So, and, and just so everybody knows, I, I I got all of these to test out and use from all the different manufacturers. So, because we're doing a review on them, so we have like all the fifteens, all basically, I say all all the tens. That's from the big three, as well as Vortex and Maven, mm -hmm. uh, and well, some stuff from Loophole. So I didn't have across the board 95s, 85s, and 65s at the time. So Frank had the 95 ATX from Swarovski, uh, the Leica 65, um, which has the fine wheel adjustment, and then the, the Zeiss, which I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the, um, the Guava, Gavia, um, to choose from, uh, just, just so everybody's kind of on the same page. Right, right. So, um, yeah, I, I love that thing. Um, last, this spring I took the, you let me take the, uh, 95 Swaro to Idaho for, for bear, which was awesome, but that thing's just a tank. Um, and that's not something I particularly would like to, to pack on a solo archery mule deer hunt. So I opted for the, uh, for the 65 millimeter Leica and I, I flip and love that thing, man. It's, it's, it, it's one of the, the top spotters I've ever tried. So I, I really love that. Um, one thing I probably say that I, I love a lot, and I say it probably too much, is our is our parka. 
Um, Everybody that I talk to compares it to wearing a sleeping bag. So that is always, always in my pack. Um, We have the option to to wear a a ton of different clothing, whether it be from, um, you know, all the the hunting companies to to even non-hunting companies. And I, I always opt to take our parka. It's not as lightweight as down, but it's something that you can rely on and something, I mean, really, it could save your life, I guess. Um, it uses the Climate Shield Apex insulation, which I believe right now is kind of like the top tier of synthetic. So, you know, it's it, it works great in the wind. If it gets wet, you're not going to freeze to death like you might with down. Um, and it is, it's comfortable like it's wearing a sleeping bag. Um, it is kind of warm to walk around in, so you're probably not going to be hunting actively while you're wearing it. But for the amount of glassing and stuff we do, and I do a ton of coyote hunting, so, you know, you're sitting on a stand for 15 to 30 minutes. Um, to me, it's it's sort of a, a game changer. Um, another thing that I used in Idaho this year, uh, David here at the shop, he let me borrow a set of his um, of uh, puffy pants from Western Mountaineering. Mm-hmm. Um, those were pretty awesome too. So, uh, it gotten pretty cold on a couple of nights and I, uh, <laughs> I took a 20 degree bag and I, it got, it got below 20 degrees. So I had been getting kind of chilly at night. So I, I popped those guys on and, and those are nice. They're, uh, they're super lightweight, but I kind of feel like they're sort of delicate. Um, so that you, specific model is really delicate. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's not something you would want to beat up or anything and you kind of want to keep it in a, its own little dry sack, but. I really liked having that um, along the way. Um, as far as equipment and stuff, I've, I'm still using my favorite bow that I've had, which I've gone through quite a few in the last couple of years. I've been using my Prime Rival a lot, and it's that white bow that you see on some of my photos. I love that thing. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. There's just a certain – I don't know what it is about that bow, man. I mean, we, we get the opportunity to shoot a lot of great bows, and – you know, there's a lot of awesome companies out there, but there's something about that bow that I just love, and I feel like I shoot it really well. So um, that's that's kind of what's what's stood out to me this year. I also um, upgraded my binos to a set of uh, 12 by 50 ELs from Swarovski, and I really really like those. Um, I'd been using the the Vortex Razor HDs for the last couple of years, and and um, in the 10 magnification, and these are 12, so. Um, sitting behind a, a tripod on, on a, on a tripod and stuff. Um, those, those 12s have been awesome. So, um, definitely very fortunate to be able to try out all this gear, but that's some of the stuff that kind of stood out to me. I will say Frank now does live with me uh, and Amy. <laughs> so he gets to try out things now that I probably don't even know he's trying out if I'm not paying attention. Um, <laughs> it is, it is nice having the gear cause there's, we've got probably six Hilleberg tents to choose from all the Kafaru shelters, all the optics, clothing, head, headlamps, knives. Um, we would be shitty gear testers and reviewers and bad designers if we didn't get to test all those things. So it is kind of nice. Yeah. And it's definitely nice that we're not necessarily, I would consider us not to be biased because I'm, I mean, I don't necessarily have any sponsors, you know, we, uh, sick is great to us with, with clothing and stuff, but I kind of like the fact that, um, we're not obligated to use to use one certain thing, especially like the optics thing and and just about anything. We can kind of we have the the freedom to use whatever we want. So I'm not on here saying you know this is the best because I say that all the time online. And I'm like, dude, you're getting paid and you're saying it's the best and everybody knows it. So just it's it's ridiculous. But which it's um, one of the reasons why we started. Sorry about the squeaking. I'm fletching arrows and this this uh, 
bits and burger I, I've had longer than actually any girlfriend or wife. I think I got this thing <laughs> in like 98. That's older um, than your hand. I still Don't got it. I know, right? I got a photo with my hand in my wallet. <laughs> um, yeah. The, uh, the, uh, that's one, th- one reason, you know, I was trying to separate myself from, um, yeah, you know, the, uh, with Brian on the, the gritty Bowman podcast was just, I just didn't want to mess with sponsors. I kind of wanted to use what I wanted to use and deal with who I wanted to deal with. Um, which with the, the optics is a big one. Cause like in Alberta, I literally, we, uh, we had Mavens, Zeiss, Leica, and Swaro all at one time, different parts and pieces really pick things apart there, uh, on what you like best in the case of like, you're not going to beat right now a 95 Swarovski for reaching out and touching something. Mm-hmm. You're just not. Now there's a, I don't know that I can mention it. There's another company, um, coming out with a 95 that I think rivals or maybe better. I got to look behind it more than the Swarovski 95. But in the case, if you're trying to choose between, you know, um, you, you really have to have all three beside each other or two or whatever. You got to have 365s from the three big brands uh, or four, you know, however you want to look at it to really tell it apart. Somebody just grabs one, uh, looks at it and, you know, Cabela's or Sportsman's Warehouse and says, oh, man, this is the best thing I've ever looked through. That may be true, but it's not necessarily the best thing made. Um, and everybody's eyes are different as well. So, Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I, I agree, but um, back to speaking of those Mavens, those Maven B2s, man, yeah. those things are flipping nice for the price. Um, definitely going to be um, very competitive with the with the Vortex Razor line. I was I was super blown away by those things because um, they're right at a thousand bucks or something, right? Yeah, like that, twelve hundred, right? something yeah, like that. Man. Yeah, yeah, those those are nice. I I really like those too for the for the money. You we, you had a pair of those to to try out. I think Dana's got them now, but. Um, yeah, those those are pretty impressive as well. So, yeah, a, and, and that's the cool thing about just the outdoor industry in general is there's just so many options and and everybody's competitive, and that's kind of what makes people better. And you know, we have our competitors, which makes us better. And it's it's nice to to have improvements everywhere, and it keeps everything you know everything improving. Oh yeah, for sure. And I, we've had a we've been friends super. You know, I, Mark Bo- Mark Borden's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Yeah. Um, and we and he works for Vortex. We've had a great relationship with them. The one thing we did want to do is try to break uh, away from any specific company, even though that probably irritates them. And use uh, well, I've always used. Um, I've always kind of dab you know dabbled around with everything, but um, you know, kind of um, it's as Frank said, use everything we want to. And I would say um, that Maven B2 was not the best optic we looked through, right? but it was the most surprising and the best for the money. Um, very rarely do I get behind an optic and I'm like, wow, it's a lot better than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, would, I would say you would agree too. That oh, Maven, yeah. I, was, I was like, wow, that is better than it should be for that price point. Yeah, I agree. And that's what I used to think about um, the Razor HDs from for from vortex and so yeah i mean there's a lot of uh competition on the market and there's a, a ton of options and um yeah i'm glad we have the option to to provide the feedback on all this different stuff because not everybody has a chance to look through all that stuff and like you're saying you know you can't really get a good idea of how good something's going to perform when you're looking at it you know in cabela's or bass pro or whatever yeah no for for sure um i would say for me as far as just surprises um or things I like the best. Um, I, I mean, 
that the DOA arrow rest from uh, from AAE was probably the biggest surprise I had. Um, it's a pretty plain Jane arrow rest. Um, uh, Greg Poole told me to give it a try. Uh, he said, you know, kind of gave me a brief description. Um, the The launcher is not metal. That was the first thing. I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. And uh, but the the general principle philosophy behind it: once you cock it up, it stays up. Um, you can rip, you can, if the cord ever breaks in the field, it's field serviceable. I really like the fact that it's simple and that you, uh, literally, um, you can't screw up drawing. I know a lot of, you know, you, you may, it'll make a lot of noise. Sometimes you'll get the arrow bounce off the, the shelf or the rest or whatever. Um, uh, when you're going at full draw, when the arrow rest is rising on a standard drop away where this one stays up and that thing was on a horse for 10 days. Um, it was strapped around me getting the crap beat out of it on a horse, uh, float trips going down on rafts, just getting a piss beat out of it in, in, uh, in British Columbia through like, I mean, just tag alders, wait a minute vines and it's, it's still going strong. So I'd say the biggest surprise for me as far as just one single, uh, small piece of equipment or one of them would be that DOA arrow rest. Um, nothing super fancy. Um, you know, it's certainly not like, uh, got a million and a half adjustments, but it does work. Uh, as far as optics goes, uh, man, I, the Zeiss SFs, um, uh, were a huge surprise for me. Um, not just the clarity. Um, those are binos, right? The binoculars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the weight, they are, um, they're crazy lightweight, right? Is that, those are the ones you had at the range. Yeah, they, they are. And, and that's what I actually, cause I was bouncing back and forth between the, the Swaros and the Zeiss and the Leica. Um, I just, uh, I, I could not believe, I mean, there was, okay. Now keep in mind, I have, uh, Swarovski ELs, um, Swarovski, um, SLC HDs, the Zeiss, um, and then the Leica Noctavid. Holy cow. You want to talk about picking fly shit out of Chile, trying to figure out what was best. Um, it, it, it's a tough decision between all of those and you're not going to go wrong with any of them. Um, I, if I had to pick one, I would say it's the Zeiss, uh, for sure, because they were equally as durable, uh, every bit as bright, uh, crisp. You didn't get any issues as far as edge to edge clarity. Uh, you know, they were from center throughout, they were perfect. Um, but they weighed less as well, um, which was a huge difference. Um, you know, going to spotters, I can't give a full comparison as far as, you know, apples to apples because I don't have the best of everything right now. Um, that Leica, I agree with Frank, as far as a 65, that thing was pretty freaking hard to beat. Um, and uh, and again, I got to, you know, I brought the, Frank took my Zeiss when he went to uh, Idaho and I took the Swarovski and the Leica up to British Columbia and Alberta. And, and Alberta, for example... I had the uh, 15 power Conquest Zeiss, the 15 power Swarovskis, and the 15 power Leupold binoculars, and then I had the Leica and the Swarovski, I had the 95 Swarovski and the 65 Leica, as well as the 10 powers, multiple different 10 power binoculars. So, you know, looking at all of those, generally, um, and I got to leave the, the Zeiss spotter out of it because I didn't bring it, uh, Frank took it. I always brought the, uh, when I had to go anywhere walking, I brought that like a 65 with a 20, 25 to 50 wide eyepiece. 
and the Zeiss binoculars. Um, so I, I'm not really saying, I guess all of them are great, but if I had to go buy one right now, I'd buy the Zeiss uh, for binoculars. Um, if I had to buy a 65 spotter, I'd buy the, the Leica hands down. And then, uh, you know, obviously for the big daddy, the Hubble, uh, the 95 from Swarovski. I will say, um, again, if I had, it is so difficult to pick between the Leica Zeiss and Swaro. The Leica surprised me quite a bit as well. But again, it's, it's the weight of the Zeiss that really pushed it over the edge of everything else. Mm. Um, you know, clothing, clothing wise, I, and I get a ton of questions about clothing, um, and and when when the gritty switched from first light to uh, for to Sitka, um, it a huge debacle. You guys sold out or whatever. I'm not on any of those contracts. So you guys can suck it. Whoever said that, <laughs> I use whatever I want. Um, if I had to pick right now, I would wear uh, as far as merino wool base layers. I I don't think you can beat first light. Um, you can't. Uh, not right now anyway. Mm -hmm. And then outer layers, it's pretty freaking hard to beat Sitka. Yeah. Um, you know, I use Swazi stuff quite a bit as well, and some fleece layers and outer layers that I liked. Um, and, and you know, it's not as lightweight as you're going to find with uh, Swar uh, with Swarovski. That's funny with Sitka, but like that core heavyweight crew hoodie, the Fanatic hoodie. Yeah, money. Um, I mean, you wear those all the time. Yeah, too, I love the yeah. Fanatic hoodie. Yeah, I mean, they're they're just hard to beat. You know, you look at the like the I don't know if I pronounce that Lana or Chama from uh, from First Light. The, the base layers, awesome base layers as far as against the skin. Um, but once you get past that, I wore the crap out of Timberline pants this year, um, especially at, from mid-September on. And the Core Crew um, hoodie, from um, which is like a, like a fleece, fleece mid-layer. Uh, you know, outer layer, I really like the cold front jacket um, from, from Sitka. It is expensive, uh, but I also have from Swazi, uh, it's like an anorak or however you pronounce it, which is, it goes down to your knees. I've talked about it many times before. They're both pretty close to the same price. Um, I like them both. They're both, uh, the, the, the one from Swazi is quieter. Um, the outer layer, they're both waterproof. They're both warm. They both hang down pretty low, which is nice. Your butt crack's not hanging out when you bend over. Um, you know, those are pretty big. Uh, knife wise, Tito knives. I was really happy to go from Havilon to Tito or Tito for the simple fact. I don't have to worry about it getting gunked up folding. It's lighter weight. It fits in my chest harness and my bino harness easier. Um, I use that Alaskan guy creations quite a bit. I just take the blade off and put the handle in there. That was another big one. Now did Frank, did you use that one much? The Tito or Tito? Yeah. Yeah. That's all I used this year. I was happy with it. Um, I let, I let Matt Davis use it on his whitetail and he was pretty pumped up about it. Cause those guys like, um, I think they're using like some outdoor edge stuff and they really liked it. Uh, Jordan had a, a Havilon, um, which has worked well in the past. I was always kind of concerned about that thing popping closed while you're, while you were using it. Yeah. yeah um, sure. so I, I like that the, the Tido or however you say it is, is fixed like a, like a standard scalpel. So I was super happy about it, you know, and I, I, I'm a big fan of those, um, interchangeable blade knives just because you have a, a fresh edge when you need it. You don't have to bust out a sharpener and stuff like that. And uh, as far as like a, a folder knife or a pocket knife, one of my buddies sent me uh, one of these ZT knives, a zero tolerance, I think it's called, it's carbon fiber. Um, I use that for like cutting off heads and all the popping sockets and shit like that. Um, I was pretty happy with that. And then also the guys from SE had sent 
uh, the Azula, right? That's what it's called. Yeah, Azula. Yeah, that's a pretty cool little knife as well. So, which that one I used uh, that Azula, and then I used one from Gray's Precision um, for a fixed blade. And I had one of those, one of the other in the pack all the time, which is super handy. I didn't really ever, um, you know, I don't. I can get with the Havilah, and I can get heads off and, and pop hip sockets out. Just a little bit more careful. But like, it was funny, just like cutting uh, Chiaga, um, however you pronounce it, off a tree. It's kind of you boil it; it has a lot of, or well, you heat it up; it has a lot of antioxidants and making it a kind of a tea. But trying to cut a chunk of that off with a Kaido knife ain't happening, right? I needed a fixed blade because you're like whacking the back of it to get it off. Um, you know, as well as any like firewood, we we fished a ton this year. So having something to basically make fish sticks. Do you with, like fish sticks? What are you, a gay fish? <laughs> it's on South Park, actually. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, some of the, um, you know, other things as far as like that stuff. I, I used a bunch of different bino harnesses. It is hard for me not to use the Alaskan Guide Creations harness. I agree. Uh, I don't know if it's just because I've gotten used to it or not. I just flat out like where the stuff goes in the pockets. I like the fact that, now I rebuilt mine a little bit and put auto locks on it, but I like the fact that the eyepieces are fully enclosed all the way around, so I'm not getting any dust or debris in from the sides, uh, which is a huge a huge thing for me. Um, so I... I Nothing really changed as far as that. I definitely tried like the marsupial gear. It's great. I ended up trying an FHF towards the end. The Sitka one's great as well, but I'm still, I've got the lucky Alaskan Guide Creations. It's got, it's had the shit beat out of it. It smells horrible. I need to wash it. But man, I just seem to grab that one every time I go out. Um, even, you know, I tried to, uh, you know, when it was more like road hunting out in and out for the day. Um, you know, like Alberta, I brought the Sitka one thinking I'd use it more, but man, I still brought that, that Alaskan. So that thing's still kind of going strong. Um, I, I would say like boot wise, I get a lot of questions about boots. Um, uh, especially, uh, with Brian using crispy so much and me using crispy some, I'm still a Scarpa guy. There is some sets of the crispy boots. I do like a couple sets. I've actually got a set. They just sent me to try out beside me. Um, the, the bricks doll was a set that I liked. Um, there, there were several other that I've tried to Thor that were, were decent boots, but man, I just, uh, as much as I like Kendall over at black Ovis and crispy, I'm just, I'm a Scarpa guy. Um, flat out. I use the Charmuse this year, the rebel pros, uh, the Zodiacs. Um, there's two Zodiacs. I use the ones that weren't bright orange. I can't remember the, maybe one's Zodiac tech or something those three i just i just can't not wear them and they're great on my feet and then frank you're totally different you're a salewa guy aren't you yeah yeah it's hard for me to consider changing or trying something else out as far as boots go because i've had some trouble finding finding the right set um but um i the last couple of years i've been using the raven 2 from salewa they're kind of their their uh their mountaineering boot not their hardcore one but it's kind of like their mid-range mountaineering boots so they're pretty they're pretty damn stiff um Initially, I had the black set of those, and for whatever reason, they just they weren't waterproof at all. Um, but they uh, they they were great about warranting them, and uh, they sent me the blue ones. So that's why you see me wearing blue boots. But they sent me the blue ones. I have two sets of those. They've been pretty good about being um, waterproof. Um, and then I also have a a set of their. I, let me see what they're called. Um, they have like a light a light boot. I'm wearing today like the Alps trainer or something yeah the Alps trainer which I like to use that for if 
I'm going to go hunt coyotes out in the plains or if we're going antelope hunting or something like that or even some sort of a cardio that we do, I like to wear those. They're basically just like a like a sneaker with a, with a high top. So they're, they're super flexible. So between those two, it, it kind of has me covered. I was kind of hoping that they would come out with something a little bit more um, insulated. So I'm going to maybe try out another one of their boots just because uh, when these things get wet, uh, not the not the trainer ones, but the Ravens, they're kind of a full synthetic boot. They get flipping cold. So I'm um, still trying to figure something out for, uh, for the snow and for like the crazy winter stuff. I also have those, um, those Hanvog Omegas. Yeah. They're kind of like the full on mountaineering Everest type boot, those red ones. Those ones are freaking sweet in the snow. So I might just keep using those. Um, cause they actually fit me pretty well as well. And they're super warm. They're just extra stiff. Like there's literally no flex to those things at all. But um, yeah, I've had great luck with Salewa, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep using those. I don't really have a reason to switch on that. Gotcha. Um, uh, another thing, try and cover all this different stuff on this podcast. Uh, just questions guys have asked: uh, arrows and broadheads and bows, sights, things like that. Um, man, I tell you, I had been using as far as uh, broadheads go, the Grave Digger, the NAP Kill Zone. Uh, for the most part, for everything, I tried um, the Iron Will Outfitter head, and then they finally got 125 Cutthroats um, from uh, Rocky Mount Specialty Gear. I got to say, if I'm shooting a fixed blade um, after the season and everything I'd shot, the, the Cutthroat is what I'm going to shoot. They're, they spin true. They don't bend. I was surprised. They are very quiet in the air. And that mule deer I shot... Um, in Alberta, it went straight through the medius part of the onside shoulder, blew the top of its heart out, and broke the leg going out the other side, and I couldn't find the arrow. Uh, I wouldn't have believed that. Now, I am shooting a heavy, heavy uh, momentum KE type setup. You know, I'm shooting a very heavy arrow. I was shooting east and axis 260s with 75 grains up front uh, in the bushing 125 head uh, and 80, at 84, 86 pounds out of a, a prime synergy it's it's pushing some i mean it's it's crushing things um but i you know the grave digger it seemed to gone a little bit downhill in quality the kill zones are about the same um you know and i think they switched to a different metal when the kill zones when they got bought out i can't say that for sure but they seem to be a little bit cheaper made than they used to be but they still leave a crazy hole yeah, um the iron will there's only there are two things negative about it um it's loud and it's expensive they are they are a good head um you know it's just shooting side by side the only the only issue i would have with it again is if i'm shooting like a cutthroat um the cutthroat's about half the price um and about half the noise the iron wheel is still an amazing head i mean it's got a lot of technology put into it but uh man the two animals i hit with that cutthroat were just the penetration was amazing got the same amount of penetration with the iron wheel on the animal i hit um I mean, roughly, obviously, I don't know if it's the exact same, um, but it, but it is a little bit less louder uh, and it is more expensive. Um, arrow wise, we went through a comical amount of arrows this year. Um, not just going through them, using them, but testing them. Um, I tested the uh, Black Evil Carnivores, Outlaws, and Spartans, uh, the Easton Hex, um, and the Axis. Axis. Yeah. Uh, and then I shot gold tip pierce. Uh, and I think that's it for me, Frank, you may have me beat on that one. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Maybe, um, let me think about this. 
Well, last year I used the Spartans from Black Eel. This year I had carnivores for my. Uh, no, I think he got me beat because I had carnivores for the for the rival. Um, Isaac had sent me some Axis here for the uh, for my Synergy hybrid, and then now I have some FMJ injections, which I'm going to start shooting here today and try those out. For those of listening, Frank, I'm going to weasel him out of work so he can shoot his bow early. <laughs> Aren't I a great boss? I appreciate that very much. <laughs> so, so yeah, we get the opportunity to test out a lot of stuff. Um, I'm I'm not sure exactly on the broadhead I'm going to use here in Utah in the, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, the Iron Will guys were gracious enough to send me um, some to, to test out. Uh, but I, I do know they are um, they, they're super accurate, but they are loud. So... We'll see. We'll see what other options are. There's not a whole lot of uh, deep six options out there, so um, that'll be that'll be too to be determined. Yeah, I mean that was the one thing that with uh, you know the uh, the iron will I liked was the accuracy. What amazed me is when they finally got. Sorry. We have a man down situation <laughs> on the northern corridor. Um, the uh, the accuracy that the the RMS gear that the cutthroat had. You know, it's a solid machine piece, which is a, a big, which is nice for durability. Um, it's single bevel. Uh, it's pretty much bone crushing, which is nice. Um, I mean, the kill zones and, and the, the grave diggers are both great broadheads as well. Again, I think the grave diggers have gone uh, to shit a little bit um, as far as like quality control and components. Um, I did have quite a few blades break off screwing around with them, but they do leave a massive hole when they go through an animal for sure. Um, so arrow-wise, uh, to get back on track with that, I ended up having, I think, a bad batch of Spartans that just seemed to to break, um, you know, easier than they probably should have. And I had some 260 Axis that um, that Isaac had sent out, uh, what what was that, two months ago? Yeah, it's been a couple months, yeah. Probably sent them to Frank or me to try or whatever, but um, I had one bow set up with carnivores, one with Axis, or one with Spartans. Um, I was a little bit worried about the Spartans, what was going on with those breaking. So I threw together, um, uh, so I got that bow set up with the axis, um, and ended up actually, um, I had a bow and arrow blow up on me in Montana, it scared the living shit out of me. Um, I don't know. I had fallen earlier in the snow if that, that cracked the arrow. Um, but I went, um, after that happened, I went out and, you know, Casey and I went out and, and dialed in back to 80 uh, with those axes and um so i'm going to finish out the season shooting the uh the axis again i got 75 grain brass inserts in them um i'm shooting four fletch and aae veins and then i'm probably going to finish the season with um kill zone and cutthroats in my quiver i can get them both to hit in the same spot pretty easily out to 80 and uh i'm probably just going to keep them both in there you know, met T dependent, right? Whatever, whatever the situation, I'm probably going to, you know, pull one out. They don't hit any difference. So it doesn't hurt anything. Um, trying to think, give me a second here, pulling the brain bank of what other people ask me about. Uh, oh, bows. Jesus. I almost forgot that. Yeah. I, 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 you, I don't know what happened, right? But I switched to a prime and my Lord, my email box filled up. <laughs> um, I was shooting a Hoyt before. I've shot Hoyts for a long, long time. Um, Hoyt makes a great bow. Um, the only downside, I would say, was tuning-wise. The Hoyt can be a little bit finicky to tune. 
I always had to get some cam lean, some, some serious cam lean in some situations on the bow um, or on the top cam. I'd yoke tune it and I'd have to put left twist, twist on my left yoke uh, to get it to tune. Um, when the, uh, the contract ended with, with, um, with Brian and Hoyt, and I can't go into a great deal about this. I wasn't on the contract anyway, but, um, you know, I just told Brian, Hey, I'm going to go shoot a bunch of different bows. I'm going to just shoot what I want. I mean, um, you know, it could have been a Hoyt. It could have been anything. Hoyt, again, they make a great bow. I had great luck with that carbon defiant. Um, anyway, it ended up being a prime. Um, there was a few things that, that made me go with the prime one, the, the risers are just beefier. Um, and so you get no major riser deflection, I guess you could say with heavy poundage limbs. And I can tell you that does happen, especially with a 35 inch long bow with 80 plus pound limbs with some bows. Um, so that just gave me a warm and fuzzy. They made me 80 plus pound limbs and that riser could handle it too, was tunability. That thing tuned bullet holes basically in three shots. And I had three different, well, I shouldn't say three different. I have a 70 pound synergy hybrid an 85 pound synergy hybrid. And I had two synergies, but I, one of them I gave to a, a buddy that's overseas. Um, but I have an 85 pound synergy. I have one arrow that tunes out of all three of those bows, identical arrow, which is amazing. Meaning I can shoot a 260 axis out of my 70 pound synergy hybrid. And I can also shoot it out of my 85 pound hybrid and my 85 pound synergy. That is amazing. And literally center shot, I, sh I shoot a hair knock high, super easy to tune. And I just, I like that solid wall. Um, you know, I, I like the draw cycle, but I like the solid wall. Those limb stops hit the limb. And, and uh, the two guys I met and dealt with at Prime, Mike and Brian. Uh, and James too. Uh, well, James Bonham. Yeah, I should say James actually Bonham had been pestered me. He got me one originally a couple of years ago to try out right before Gritty started. Uh, but yeah, James Bonham, uh, Brian Anderson, and Mike are three guys that I can't say enough good things about. Yeah. Um, they're just a great company. Anytime they need me or I need anything, I shoot a text and I'm like, if I have a question on tuning, um, we had a bit of a catastrophe in BC where one of my bows got destroyed. Uh, nothing to do with the bow's fault. Um, and I, to test it out, I, I tried it like a, uh, like I was just a regular, um, you know, customer, uh, to try out the warranty department. I was pretty impressed at the warranty situation with them. So either way, the, the prime was pretty amazing, um, this season and, and, and minus the mountain goat shooting in 30 mile an hour winds. Uh, I, I didn't really mess with it. I just, uh, I don't know, Frank, do you think I shoot it any better or worse than you're shooting with me all the time? Um, I think that you shoot anything, just about anything good, but yeah, I mean, I, for the longer range shots, I could tell that the, the prime was a little bit better than the, than the Hoyt for you. I liked both of those bows too. I mean, I shot them both. I have, I've had both. Um, I like the Hoyt. It's super smooth, uh, on the dry draw cycle and stuff. I kind of felt like at times it was a bit jumpy. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, I, I like both of the bows. I just, like I was saying earlier, I really, I'm really a big fan of my rival, so it's hard for me to switch out of that, but I think I'm going to give the old Synergy hybrid a, a shot here in, in Utah in a few weeks. And I like longer bows. Um, the one thing I was surprised with is I ended up hunting more with the Synergy than I did the Synergy hybrid and have kind of fallen in love with that. Uh, so I, I'm hoping I don't have to, or they, I say have to, I'm hoping they don't ask me to shoot the new version with whatever they come out with this year. 
and I can, I, I highly doubt they're like that. I'm sure I can shoot whatever I want. Um, in the sense of promoting them, like, you know, it's always nice when those guys, um, you know, they did me a solid, gave me a discount on the bows. Um, you know, they're all, you know, I do the same thing with Kafaru when I get a hold of, um, you know, I've gotten a hold of guys and been like, Hey dude, do you mind trying this new version out? Um, and a lot of guys are like, man, this one's dialed in. I don't want to, I don't want to get rid of my old one. Um, I like this bow enough that I would, it would be hard for me to take a free bow from them, a new one, if I had to shoot it, if that makes any sense. Maybe I would if I shot it and it dialed in that well, but that uh, synergy I have for the short bow that it is, is just uh, amazing. Um, one of the other bows that I've shot in the past uh, that, I, that I really do like is, is in Athens. It's a smaller company. Um, that, and I haven't shot any of their, mo their most current models, but it has the same draw cycle and the same limb stop. Um, that's another bow I really like and was probably my number two choice for, for bows if I wouldn't have went with the Prime. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, other than that, tunability, durability, those are pretty big things for me on the, on the Prime. Uh, you know, I, I don't, Frank, did it take long to tune? Well, one of yours we had a nightmare with, didn't we? Um... Wonder, oh, was that, that was because of the. No, we you had a set of custom strings oh. made. Oh, good lord, people! <laughs> These things were off spec. It's not the string maker's fault. I mean, it kind of is, but it isn't. Anytime you have a new bow, yeah. especially with a cam system like a prime, probably not going to nail it down the first go round. Yeah. I mean, Frank was so fucked up; he does not know his a hole from a hole in the ground, <laughs> trying to get it to tune. I was no better trying to uh. help him. What did it take, Bo? And um, what it took was I got a new set of G-strings from Corey Miller. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I got those green, um, green colored G-strings from Corey on my uh, on my rival, and they've been flipping awesome, dude. Like he, those were so money. And then on the on the hybrid, um, I just have the the factory strings on those. So, oh, actually, you know what? Yeah, so those so those uh, the first set of custom strings that I got, they they just didn't spec out or whatever. So I had uh, Bonham send me another set of factory. Well, freaking Hognuts over there at um at the shop, he had accidentally cut my string above the peep, and uh, and it was like right, it was only a I don't know maybe a month before season, and I needed some some new strings ASAP. And Corey Miller was awesome enough to hook me up with a set of G strings, and they've been they've been awesome. So I'm I'm super happy with those. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was an interesting um, interesting summer for sure. Yeah. Um, you don't you don't shoot a gun much, but uh, what what guns did you use? It was all it was all the guides guns for any of the of the gun stuff that you did this year, right? Yeah. Um, the grizzly, which we've talked about, was literally me looking down, seeing a rifle, grabbing it, running down <laughs> uh, this dirt road, uh, literally reading the bottom of the bullet. And, and this is on people have given me crap about it. It was a three oh eight. I had a one and a half to five loophole scope, uh, basically a brush gun. I laid in the prone, did some quick math for a ballistic, you know, bullet drop, um, held over what I thought I should, and I shot it in the heart. The moose was a lot easier. Bigger target, 80 yards. That was pretty simple with a 338. Um, you know, as far as guns go, um, the, the Weatherby uh, that I had, had shot quite a bit, um, which was a mountain ascent, I believe. I liked that was um, that's a Kimber, right? Or a, excuse me, a Kimber yeah. Mountain Ascent. I really liked, and then the Weatherby. Um, I think it's called the Weatherby Mountain Rifle. Um, good Lord, I should know that. 
Uh, and, and these are guns I've just, I'm not a gun guy. I've screwed around with. If I was going to go and if I was going to ha- I'd probably have John Pinch just build me a rifle right now. And it'd right. probably be a, a 300 wind mag or a, a 300 Winchester short mag just because the ammo is a little bit easier to get. Um, you know, for me, I'm not into the long range thing. Um, I'm not saying I won't shoot something four or 500 yards away, but you know, when you're so used to bow hunting, you get to, to get to 200 yards isn't overly difficult. Um, yeah, exactly. And so for, you know, I'm not a big long range guy, but I would probably just have pinch, uh, just build me a rifle. Um, I mean, the guy's genius. He's anal retentive. Uh, he's just super smart when it comes to, to guns. Um, you know, you know, people ask me scope wise, one of the very few guns I've even owned rifles, I had a loophole on it. Um, I just, that, that scope took a beating, right? It was nothing fancy. Um, what do they call that? Leopold Berry X or something? Oh, geez. They, uh, their best one, They're, they have the VX line. So I think the VX six is like the best of their hunting line. You know, and this was a few years ago. That's the one I used forever. And, and I've heard, you know, you get goods and bad. Some guys have loopholes on their guns forever. No issues. Other guys are like, oh, I don't like loophole, but yeah. um, Cal's Cal's like a big night force guy. <laughs> so uh, I think like the the industry standard maybe for most long range guys is night force. Is that With, right? Without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Then, but Ryan's been talking about the Swarovski X5, I think it is. So there's a ton of options. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't. I, you can't go wrong with anything, and I, I hate to even. In fact, I shouldn't talk about scopes at all for rifle scopes. I just don't have the another knowledge base behind it. Um, half the time I'm borrowing the guide's gun if I need one. Very right. rarely do I even use one. But again, I would probably just take John's um, lead and, and use what he told me. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, as far as caliber, I don't know, man. I just a, a 300 Win Mag or Winchester Short Mag has always just been kill anything with that thing. So I never really worried about more than anything more than that. Yeah. I agree. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I've recently dwindled down my gun inventory because you made me grow up and get a new forerunner. So <laughs> <laughs> I have a few guns left. I dabble a bit in the ARs just for the um, coyote hunting and stuff like that. But uh, I had that. Um, I used to have a seven mag. It was a Remington seven mag, seven hundred CDL SF, and. Uh, it had some issues with with jamming up after you after you'd shoot around, so I sent it to my buddy and he uh, he converted it over to a twenty six nozzler, which I don't know why I went with that caliber, but um, put a, a McMillan um, adjustable stock on there and a Elijah barrel and stuff on it, and I shot <laughs> I shot that bear with it a couple weeks ago, but like having like a bow hunter mentality, I shot that flipping thing at like fifteen yards or twenty yards or something like that, so. I got this heavy ass, like it's like 13 pounds. It's ridiculous. And I ended up shooting it like 13 or 15 or, 15 or 20 yards, something like that, something crazy. So I don't know why I have that that heavy bastard, but that's all I really have for, for big game stuff right now. Yeah, which, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't even have a gun right now, which is crazy. Yeah, enough. we're going to have to get some gun pros on here like John and Ryan. and. Oh, yeah, that's the plan. We'll get, um, yeah, definitely John, Pinch, Ryan, Avery. Probably get Cal Halliday on here. Yeah. Um, you know, several other different guys yeah. to talk about it. Jordan uh, Jordan had a pretty sweet custom rifle, and that was made by the um, Whaley Precision, Precision Rifles, and I think that Ryan's got a few rifles made by that guy as well, and it was super nice, man, but it was like 5000 bucks, something crazy like that. So it's, I don't know if that's like practical for your everyday hunter. 
I, th- I think like a, a good starting point for a custom gun from what I've seen, cause I've looked at ordering one is, uh, you know, somewhere in that 28 to 3000 range for a, a good custom gun. Um, and, uh, and on up and then, yeah, you definitely, um, some of the other custom guns that I've seen, you know, they're in that five to 8,000 range. That's before you put a, a scope on them. I'm just not into it that much. Um, you know, for me, I would probably, if I'm buying one gun for the rest of my life, I wouldn't have too much problem saving up and, and kicking out three grand on a, um, on a rifle if I knew I was never going to get another one, but you know how I roll. I don't own a gun. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. so I mean, buying one gun for the rest of my life is actually a feasible thing. Cause I'm not going through them. Like, you know, it's my underwear. Yeah. Um, and I, I just gun wise or whatever, it's bad things happen when guns go in my hands. Anyway, I start shooting everything, not, not illegally wise, but meaning like, uh, little, like spikes and shit. Yeah. Four corn bu- bucks. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, exactly. So it's probably good. I keep a gun out of my hand. Um, but uh, yeah, we could go actually on and on about gear, but we should probably close this one off before it's too long. And I think what we'll do next time is cover maybe shelter, stove, sleeping pads, headlamps, some of the things we skipped on this go round, and uh, just have another beer, uh, beer, beer. I don't drink another gear. I don't podcast. drink anymore after Saturday. Till next Saturday. Now yeah. Frank's not a big drinker. I'm not a drinker. I have a nice shiner to <laughs> to thank for last last weekend. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned in the last uh, or one of the last podcasts, if uh, if you guys have any questions, send, shoot us over an email and we'll try to answer them. And if we don't know the answer, we'll lie. No, <laughs> actually, we'll find somebody that uh, that does know it. And your email is Aaron A R O N at Kafaru dot net, and mine's Frank F R A N K at Kafaru dot net. So we'll try to we'll try to at least have one a week, right? Of Q and A type. Yeah, it'll be like answer a question Tuesday or Wednesday or something. We'll figure it out. So, so yeah, thanks for tuning in, everybody, and uh, we will talk to you on the next Kafaru cast. See ya.